0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is a Minor Detail Podcast. I'm Ryan Minor, and uh, today's going to be my favorite episode ever, because I got Western Maryland here. Grew up, born, raised—I mean, we got the true blue Western Marylanders right here in front of us. I got Delegate Jason Buckle and I from Cumberland, 1B? Yes. One, one 1B. One
1: District
0: 1B. One 1B. One and then I have with me my hometown guy. I have right. to give him a big shout-out. Delegate Paul Quarterman from the city of Hagerstown. Thank you,
2: Ryan. Much appreciated. So, Hub City. That's right. Hub
0: City. Yeah. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, for coming on and doing the podcast. And Thank you. I think it's first time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So let's let's go right into it. Um, I want to talk about each of you separately, your backgrounds, how you how you got involved in the political process, and what you do when you're not in Annapolis. So, um, De- Delegate Buckle, let's start with you, okay. F- Cumberland boy.
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in uh, Allegheny County, uh, right outside of Cumberland in LaVale my whole life. Uh, I left as many people unfortunately in Allegheny County, Washington County, a lot of people feel compelled to do as teenagers, young adults. Uh, I left and waited for college, law school, worked for several years, many years, six, seven years at large law firms, very large law firms, frankly, uh, predominantly in the Baltimore area and in Virginia, D.C., and, you know, I had the good fortune, my family had been attorneys, my mother, my stepfather in Allegheny County. And so I had an opportunity in my 30s to come back. Uh, I wanted to come back, raise my daughter, raise my family there at the time. And I did that, came back uh, about 14, 15 years ago now, and have lived in Allegheny County, practiced law in Western Maryland, predominantly, a little bit throughout the state, but predominantly uh, in Western Maryland for years. and. After a few years of people talking to me about, you know, we'd love for you to run for office. We'd love for you to consider this. Uh, I ran in 2014 for the House of Delegates and was lucky enough to be elected uh, here to the House of Delegates. Now re-elected last year and very happy to serve and represent a place where, you know, I know, Ryan, you're from there, Paul's Mm -hmm. from there. It's a good place. It's a great place. It's a good place. And sometimes people Uh, down here lose sight of that. They think that... uh, you're a little west of Montgomery County, Baltimore County, no where you are. Some people
0: think Frederick is is oh, western think, Maryland. Frederick's it's like
1: the edge of the earth. I That's <laughs> not the, edge of the earth I mean, I like Frederick very much My a, father lived a, in Newmarket so, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I know know very well, but
0: Frederick yeah. is like the it's like the flat earth theory, the yeah. Maryland Maryland's flat earth. It stops it. Off. it stops at there. So and then we have with, with you delegate Quarterman. Yes. Um man Growing up in the city of, Hagerstown, I grew up in the city of Hagerstown, lived across the street from the city park until I was about ten. Then we moved in the county. Um, I think, I think the city of Hagerstown is truly a gem of a city. It's one of the best, and to me, in the country, I got, I got to throw that out there. Absolutely, um, but I'm like, although I'm like a, a fourth or fifth generation Hagerstownian, and, and I, sure. I, so, as what, am I. Yeah. What's your background?
2: Absolutely. So, as am I, and as, as you know, Ryan, our paths have crossed a couple different times yeah. over the years. Um, you know, similar to to, to Jason's story, there. I'm born and raised in Western Maryland, born and raised in the city of Hagerstown. Uh, I was born in Washington County Hospital, which I believe I think you probably were as well.
0: It's torn down. And now. I know
2: it is. It is. <laughs> so hopefully we can find some use for that land someday. But uh, born and raised in that city, uh, went to public school all throughout my uh, you know years growing up in Hagerstown. Graduated from North High, in 1995. Couldn't get anything- and then, uh, well, you know, you my know,
0: mom went to Goretti.
2: I married a Goretti girl, so you know, mm-hmm. I'm in there. I'm in there by marriage. So
0: <laughs> by marriage, you that's, go to all the reunions. That's right. <laughs> so, uh,
2: but anyways, yeah. So somewhere I, I left. I left City Hagerstown, 1995. Went to uh, University of Maryland College Park. I uh, enjoyed myself there very much so, and then lived a couple different places around the state after that. I lived in Montgomery County for a couple years, uh, worked in D.C., and then I moved to Baltimore City. I lived there for about nine years. And as Jason lives, you, also is, we have that issue in Western Maryland where people leave, um, you know, for other opportunities, and rarely do they come back. But very similar to what Jason said, uh, you know, that's my home. That's where I grew up in. Uh, my wife is actually from Hagerstown also. Um, and we knew at some point in time we wanted to move back because that's, that's where we grew up. That's where our uh, you know, our, our lives began, and we wanted to, to have that opportunity for uh, for our family. So we moved back there. Uh, it was about 2011. Uh, moved back to the city of Hagerstown and uh, started to get involved in things more locally at that time. At the very beginning, it was just getting involved in you know neighborhood associations. Uh, Main Street was, was starting up back then. My wife helped out with the Downtown Movement, which was a group back then, if you recall. Oh, yeah. Uh, did the whole pop-up shops and everything downtown. But kind of very similar, you know. Some people started to encourage me, and, and uh, as you know, I ran for city council in uh, 2016. So really, not mm-hmm. not that long ago. Um, and um, was uh, fortunate to be elected to the Anderson City Council. And then after that, about a, only after about a year being there, the former delegate, uh, the Honorable uh, Judge Wilson. Yep. Judge. Yeah, fantastic the judge. judge yeah. You know. He's at my wedding. Yes,
0: and he has honestly one hell of a beard.
2: Oh. This guy. I'm telling mustache you.
1: Mustache even more impressive than beard. I don't know how you make I, a mustache go north on your face, like go up toward your eyes, but however he's mastered it. Well, the mustache, mustache
2: is going up, and the, the head whole head beard's head. kind of coming out, too. I mean, he's got the, yeah. the whole thing going on there, that's and, for sure. And Brett
0: Wilson, well-respected guy, and uh, I, I hear he's doing really well as a judge, yes. and he's enjoying nice. that. And I think the longer he becomes a judge, the longer the beard's going to be. Cause Quite I, possible. Yes. It's amazing. It's an it amazing is, beard.
1: It is uh, That is an act of God. It's like like engineering. He's got that beard, but I'll tell you this: Brett was one of my best friends here for several years. One of my best friends still today. But Brett was incredibly well respected and well liked here for his acumen, his ability. And, and Paul is not following that footsteps, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but Paul is, look, Paul, Paul is a great leader. Paul treats people the right way. He articulates from the city of Hagerstown and Washington County consistently the right way. Pope. He understands the issues, he gets worked on, and, you know, that's what it takes to succeed here in Rapids.
0: Politics runs through Paul's blood. There there you your dad, former yeah. state senator, dad, former judge. Absolutely, yeah, late uh, 70s he was. He's was a senator. great man. I mean, everybody knew Judge Quarterman. And there's a
2: few down here that still know him from then. Yeah. Uh, did so they ever
0: did they ever say, "Hey man, you got a lot to got a little, lot lot to A little to bit and there's
2: there's still a couple uh I don't know you say old timers around here that served with him then. You know <laughs> that that Mike you, that, Miller? Mike Miller? Miller. Yeah. Mike yeah. Miller my, I'm oh, I'm sure. Yes. I know your dad. Yep. Uh, Senator Feldman came up the other day and said actually they mentioned my dad's name on the Senate floor or something was going on and then Miller said something about me as well. So there's there's still yeah, there's some lineages there. But you know, the erotic thing and all that, Ryan, is, is you know, my father unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but he passed away long before I ever got involved in this. Like I said, I just, you know, really got involved in, in politics per se just about three or four years ago and as I told everyone over the summer when, you know, campaigning and, you know, if you would have asked me a few years ago if you and I would be sitting here actually having this conversation or I'd be in Annapolis being the delegate representing the city of Hagerstown, well, I'd say, no way. You know, I'm just a kid who grew up in the city of Hagerstown of a, a deep, passionate commitment and love for my city and wanted to get involved. And, and, and that's kind of where it led me. You know, we were talking yeah. about Judge Wilson. Uh, you know, when he became, uh, you know, appointed to the circuit court bench, which, uh, again, was, was a loss for us here in Annapolis, but a tremendous gain for us in Washington County. Um, you know, that's that's when, you know, I was on the city council, and, and you were there, obviously, as yeah. far as that process we went through, uh, the appointment <laughs> I process. I reported on it. You did report on well, it. Well, I,
0: I, I called it, and I said um – I said, I, I think it's going to be Quarterman, and because right. it made sense, you had elected experience. The other two um, did not, and I, I think having gone into this office with that elected experience, delegate that would propel you to understand process, to be able to take a keen, have a keen understanding of the bills in, in, in play, and. You're, in fact, this is your. You were elected in 2018, but you were appointed in 17. You served um, a session. One so session last so you're, year. You're
2: technically a sophomore. Technically, I am I was the only new uh, freshman delegate. Did you haze him? Yeah. Oh did my you? god. Last year we hazed him. Last year it's an ongoing experience. <laughs> last year he was the only
1: true freshman. In he NBA. was a true freshman. That's Fresh Fresh yeah. right. So, You know,
0: I'm thinking to where we grew up, our our communities. You, you made a point to say that sometimes it's often lost on people what real Western Maryland is. And look, Hagerstown. We we go up to Hagerstown, we go up to Cumberland, and go up to Deep Creek in Garrett County. Um, it's to me that that will always feel like home to me. Sure. It is home. That is that is where I was born, raised. There are some truly some of the best salt of the earth people, and I'd like to see more recognition and to, to hear. And, and I think we have a governor who has paid a lot of attention since his election yes. to our parts of where we grew up.
1: Yes, and, and there's there's great value to that. I mean every time when I get to around, I won, I start thinking, okay, this is this is where we live and crest the mountain for me at uh it's Hill we crest the mountain. Oh yeah. As I go the problem that we have and the thing we have to communicate is it's not that small. Garrett County is fairly small, mm-hmm. to be fair. Garrett County is, is a fairly small town. But Washington County, Allegheny County, if you look at them combined, they're really not that small. I mean, it's two hundred and twenty-five, 240,000 people between those two counties, mm-hmm. which is very comparable to, say, Howard County, which is around three hundred, three hundred and ten thousand. 310,000.
0: I mean, George Edwards has the entire, what, George Garrett, George, Garrett, Allegheny, and, and all of
1: Garrett, all of Allegheny, and yeah. the western fur, roughly, of uh, Washington County. And that's mainly because, you know, honest, Eastern part of Allegheny County, through the Green Ridge State Forest, and the western part of Washington County. Until you get, you know, past Hancock into the Williamsport area, it is fairly lightly populated mm-hmm. because it's very narrow. You know, you look at that map and how folks decided what the states were going to be hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Maryland's very narrow through there. But it's an important part of the state. It's a part of the state that doesn't have to be in the background. Right, yep. We want to contribute. We're not that small. Again, we're a couple hundred thousand people between Hagerstown and, say, Frostburg. We want to contribute. We want to be involved. We have a history and a lineage of success and of industry. We've got to change. We're going to change for the 21st century. We can't bury our heads in the sand and say, well, it's got to be the way it was in 1975. Yeah, right. We're going to have the Fairchild plant. We're going to have the Kelly-Springfield plant. We may not have those plants, but we can still be a big part of the future of Maryland. We have to tie ourselves closely, more closely, to Montgomery County, to Frederick County, to Baltimore City.
0: To You're talking about a model as far as, as, a, as an economic model? When you say tie, tie yourself. Sure. So, I mean, looking at Hagerstown and looking at Cumberland... Truly, two of the most beautiful, picturesque cities in the entire state of Maryland. You drive into Cumberland; there is nothing like it. When you first go down that oh, hill yeah. and you right. pull in, it reminds me almost of a mini Pittsburgh, and it, yeah, with it bridge is and everything, sure. it yeah. is just a truly it's picturesque the
1: only city that's built in really right to the highway outside of Baltimore City. That's built into where ninety five and all those roads are, are, are kind of intersecting. Yeah. Through. Our city is built directly into where Hagerstown's a little off the beaten track. Sure. You can't see it from the highway. Yeah, we're built right into. If you drive on 68 West, if you're going to Ohio, West Virginia, any point west, you drive right through us and you see that it's not a. It's not a small place. People here think it's a. It's a small town. It's famous it's
0: for uh, William H. Macy.
1: William H. Macy, who, who uh, graduated from Allegheny High School with my uncle. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: He's in a world of trouble. Right? Well, not him, but yeah, his his wife. They'll be okay. They they have enough money to, to last them.
1: Uh, I mean, I think if, if you're criminalizing, who got hurt in that scandal? If you're criminalizing parents who are trying to help their kids, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's the, 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 the appropriate thing to do. But how is that criminal to say, I tried to help my kid get a spot at USC or Yale or whatever? You're telling me that Yale Yale accepted your kid so they excluded another kid? I didn't, I didn't get into Yale. I'm just saying, I didn't even I would like to get into. Yale. I don't. I didn't even apply. Yeah. Yeah. It's just at the end of the day, I, I suspect that ultimately, after all of that publicity and hype is blown over, they'll be fine.
0: So I, I look at you two as future leaders in the Republican Party here in Maryland, I, and and I mean this, and I and I'm, I, I I've I've observed politics for quite some time in the western half. I see you as future state senators. I mean that, and and I know that. That might not even be on your radar. It might not be on your radar, radar, Delegate Quarterman right now, but I see that, you know, say if George Edwards would eventually decide not to run again, and he's done a, a world of good things for that district, I see that you would be a a, a a quality replacement, as well as, let's say, if Senator Serafini would happen to decide, hey, this is it, I want to go back to the private sector full-time, then Delegate Quarterman, I think that you it seems to me you would be a, an, a another ideal fit to move up and look Western Maryland it's Republican territory. I don't I don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. Um look how the congressional district happened last time. Ami Hober won Garrett, Allegheny and Washington and then lost Frederick and then Montgomery. Part, part of Frederick, part of Frederick right. right. So uh I and I see you guys staying away from some of that partisan rancor i don't see you guys as being so charged up i see that you have come down to annapolis to work on policy and to support your community and to get good and good bills passed (coughs) and maybe a few bills bad bills killed um but i don't see you engaging in some of the more day-to-day partisan rancor that divides the country and it's it's almost refreshing Covering session to see people that are really engaged in the process rather than the politics.
1: Well, I think I'll say this about George Edwards. George has served in Annapolis since 1982. He was the minority leader in the House of Delegates before he left to to the Senate. George is one of the. He and Wendell Blyton. Yeah, Wendell, yeah. Huh? I share an office with him, sit next to him in the park. They are the only two people, the only two people the face of the earth that have represented Garrett County <laughs> since 1982. That's that's significant. I mean, they speak for that community and they try to do so in a very honorable, incredible way every day. Um, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I don't know where things will go. I don't know what George wants to do. I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I'll tell you the truth, Brian. For people in our part of the state, serving here is a sacrifice. Yeah. For people who want to serve from Glen Burnie or Baltimore City or nearby Prince George's County or right across the bridge in Queen Anne's County, perhaps. Sacrifice
0: because you have a family. You have a, Absolutely. You, you both have, you have young daughters.
1: You have businesses, you have children. Yeah. Uh, you put your yes. life on
2: hold. Your life
1: changes You do, you do put your
0: life on hold.
1: You can't go home. A lot of our colleagues will say on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, you know what? I'm done here at six o'clock. I can go home and deal with my own life and I'll be back tomorrow morning. For us, given the distance, you can't. I mean, you make a commitment, you drive down here on Monday, and you're here until Friday for 13 weeks out of your life, you know, right. year in and year out. So it it's more of a sacrifice than what I really thought when I ran. Um, so I, you know, I'm not sure where that goes, but I do think that Paul and I, he can certainly comment for himself. I, I'm not here to win every single debate. I, I can count. I understand the board. I <laughs> represent my principles. I'm never going to vote against them. But at the end of the day, my number one principle was this. I want to see Western Maryland grow. I want to see Western Maryland prosper. I want to see us uh, tie ourselves in to the things that have prospered the rest of the state of Maryland, biotechnology, cybersecurity, yeah. university employment, things of that nature. Uh, you know, I think Maryland's going too far left on a lot of issues. We're, we're not trending in the right direction on taxes and pro-business policies. We're not trending in the right direction on criminal policies. We've become too pro-criminal.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about that. You you both have um, some interesting thoughts, and Delegate Quarterman, yes. I want to talk about your bill that okay. you have in uh, regarding when inmate somebody... Release. the release. Yes, the inmate release yes. bill. Could you describe what's in the bill and sure. how would that affect your districts in particular? Because, of course, I want to note that... Cumberland and Washington County both have a Absolutely. large prison system in in within the uh, the, yeah. the county.
1: Well, my district has the North Branch Correctional, which is the supermax. <laughs> the, the federal, yeah. And the WC1, uh, yeah, they're both and state. The Federals in, uh, in Mexico Farms is in Mike McKay's district. I oh, have is North that? North Branch, which is the supermax for Maryland. That's where you go if you're the worst of the worst. And WC1, so that's West the, West the lifers. Approach, no, Western Correctional was essentially max, and then, of course, Paul, right we got MCTC,
2: so RCI, MCIH, yeah. and as we talked about during the bill, you know, those five prison facilities in just those two counties, and then you have ECI on the eastern shore over in Somerset, those six prisons uh, make up a majority, about 70-some percent of the medium- and um, maximum maximum security prisoners in the entire state of Maryland. And what we found, specifically what I found in, within Washington County, which was the uh, episode of the, of the bill, so to speak, um, was the inmate release and what was happening when people are released uh, from our facilities. And, you know, so a high overview of the number, basically, if you're looking at all the inmates are released from the three prisons in Marston County, you have about half of them actually are are being returned back to the jurisdictions where they originally lived in, no, they're originally offended in by way of their home plan. So everything is done through corrections by they call it their home plan. Obviously, you want to set somebody up in the in the most conducive environment so they can succeed and reentry. I think we all can agree that that's what we want as societies: people to be able right, to come back yep. and integrate in society. Of right. We don't want recidivism, right? No, we don't want that. And but what we, what we found, as far as that other half of the population, um, about seventy uh, percent of those um, that are being returned into Washington County weren't from Washington County to, uh, originally. And what what the issue there is is along the lines of that support system, so the home plans that are being generated, and again, some of these are the very, very bad examples, um, but it 's the bad examples that can be the most heinous things that, that then happen, um, where you have people being you know, set up as a home plan and the local rescue mission, um, you know, homeless shelters, um, things of that nature, where that 's truly not giving not only the, you know, obviously the support to the, to the person that 's coming back into society. But it's not even fair to the entity of uh, you know whatever this nonprofit social services because that's not what they're set up for either. They're not, they're not set up for you know inmate intake. So you're to saying, speak. so
0: the, you have an influx of people who are being released from prison so, and then ultimately decide to set up shop sure. in the city of Hagerstown or inside of the city sure. of Cumberland. But your bill would redirect them back into their home community. Oh, we asked was
2: very Right.
0: Have you gotten pushback on this?
1: A little bit. From whom? I mean, Paul, well, I think a little bit from the concept of you get people from some of the metropolitan jurisdictions and say, well, why is that a problem? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm not saying it's a problem because of the character, the quality, the people. We all want to see – and,
0: and you're succeed. a co-sponsor delegate.
1: I am. So yep. Paul and I That's myself Paul and Delegate Otto on the Eastern Shore. Oh, okay. okay. ECI. have three of us. ECI. Our point is, is that prisons generally in the 80s and 90s were built into smaller counties – you know, Baltimore City didn't want another prison bill. Montgomery County, there are no prisons in Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard County and Orlando County, where we're sitting here today, they didn't want these large state prisons. So they wanted them to go outside of the urban core into smaller counties with less resources. Is that fair? It, it's a trade-off, right? I mean, they're, they're, it's not good or bad. You know, Washington County has gotten thousands of jobs that have been producing that, that are fairly stable jobs. We've gotten jobs in Allegheny County that are there. And I, and I say it this way, I am always, to the end of my days, to the core of my body, I am pro-correctional officer in your family. Mm-hmm. I have family that work there, I have friends that work there, clients, people in my neighborhood. Those people do an incredibly difficult job. How
0: many jobs does your prison up in your district cover?
1: Our prisons are roughly between 1,000 to 1,200.
0: Okay, and depending. I know in Washington County, it's a significant number, Delegate Quarterman.
2: I would think so, probably around there. I don't know the specific one, but I'd say easily at least over 2,000, sure. And so, so
1: it's a significant I And mean, we have
2: over, over 6,000 inmates between the three prisons. So mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But it has a, it has an impact that goes beyond that, and I don't think that our people signed up to change our communities. Right. I have no problem whatsoever with someone that's gotten sentenced to a prison there that has developed a, re- a legitimate relationship in that community that says, I'm going to get released on parole and probation. I have a chance to succeed. I have a chance to get a job. I have a chance to become a member of society. That's fine. But, you know, if you are – it just doesn't make sense to say I'm from Wacomico County. I'm from Hartford County. I'm from Baltimore County. That's where I have any type of connection. If I want to stop being a recidivist, if I want to stop being a criminal, I want to go home. I want to see my mom. I want to see my sister, my brother, my wife, my my husband, whatever it is. I want to get a chance to maybe go to community college. Why wouldn't you put them into communities from which they have a connection? I think what we're doing more often is we're just dumping them. Whether Mm -hmm. it's homeless shelters or halfway homes or whatever, we're dumping them into communities that we don't have the ability to deal with this. And there are guys that, they don't have the the ability to stop being criminals. You know, you you ever watch the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, it's a great movie. But did you ever, you know, when you watch that and you start to realize when you- He couldn't, he couldn't function outside of the 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 prison, yeah. This is what I did, and you just dumped me on the street the next day, and I didn't have the ability to go to another job or to do something. I think his name
0: was, what, Brooks? Brooks. Okay. Yeah.
1: I didn't know anything different, so I'm going to commit a crime. To go back that's in. the only way that I either go back in or to, or to pay my rent next month. Or just to
2: maintain his life, sure. It reminds me of,
0: uh, have you guys seen Breaking Bad? So it reminds me of the guy when they were trying to set the guy up to go back into prison because he's like, "Well, he's better back on the inside." So they set this mm-hmm. guy up to, to to stage him as the Heisenberg, and then um, you know, Hank the the DE agent was like, "There's no way this guy's the Heisenberg." Right. So, uh, um, so and. As a former municipal official, Mm -hmm. Delegate quarterman, you saw the impact of that, especially inside of the city of Hagerstown. absolutely. And and that has always been a struggle inside the city of Hagerstown Mm -hmm. where residents, and especially in a neighborhood watch program, Mm -hmm. say, we want our, first and foremost, that job as a city official, we want our communities to be safe. Mm -hmm. And they look to you to come up with solutions to say, how do we make our, our community safer? And I will say that Sadly, in the Herald Mail, and I have the app, every time I sign into the app, I see another crime story, Mm -hmm. and it revolves around the city of Hagerstown, and that's, that's sad.
2: It is. It's very sad. And a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, these are these are negative things. You know, those seem to be the things that get the most attention is, is the negative I things.
0: think it sells papers, too. Well,
2: absolutely. No, I get that. Now, one thing, you know, not to get too far off subject here, what I found kind of amusing with the Herald Mail when I went home over the weekend, they have a new segment coming out, I believe it was this, this week, called H.M. Brightside or something like that. Yeah. they trying to focus on more positive That's things. Good. So that, that should be a good thing. But back to, you know, we were talking about the inmate release. So, yes, when I first became a municipal official in the city council, that was one of the first things that we started looking into because it's been an ongoing issue it's it's unfortunately, you know, it's been trending in the wrong direction and and Mayor Brucci and I talked about it and at the time, uh, Police Chief uh, Brito and Mayor Brucci met with some folks, uh, you know, at the state trying to figure out what happened and, um, you know, Unbeknownst to us, that this kind of a change, so to speak, had happened as far as where more folks were being released into our area than, than had been, you know, previously. So that that kind of led us, you know, down this path and you know, digging into the numbers. Like I said, you know, of, of all the inmates that are released into Washington County, um, there was about seventeen hundred that were released into Washington County in the last four years. Seventeen hundred yeah, inmates. It's a lot. Twelve hundred were not from Washington County to begin with. You compare that with the census numbers, the growth of Washington County over the last four years. It's not that far off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's an issue. Just, just for the simple fact is we just can't handle that population influx with what is needed, you know, support services that are needed, you know, for these individuals. Um, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We wanna grow
1: I mean, you are know, down here Ryan, several days a week in And what amazes me about some Annapolis folks is that they think that they are the cats beyond <laughs> because God's finger touched them, and their grandma like, no, 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 no. You're the cats meow because we put the Department of Natural Resources and the Department of Labor and the Naval Academy. You're the cats meow because we created all this college-educated government employment that you had to live here. And when they came to Washington County and when they came to Allegheny County, they said, you know what the government employment we're going to put there is? Correctional mm-hmm. We're going to put prisons, maximum security prisons there. And, it's, it, you know, it's not the same. One is not the same. We need to recognize the fact that we want to preserve. We need to hire more correctional officers. Yeah. We need more officers per, pr- per prisoner no, I, than I, what we've ever had. I
0: believe there's a correctional officers bill that was introduced this, this session. Um, what happened with that?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's... We're still trying to work that through. It's it's not really worked through, but we're trying to create incentives to hire more correctional officers. It is extremely difficult. It's oh yeah, be some thousand dollars a year. When I, I'm talking about it in my district, particularly the North Branch Correctional Facility, seventy to seventy five percent on any given day, those guys are in there for murder. They're not in there because they sold. A pound of marijuana or they stole a car or whatever. They're in there because they've taken someone else's life. They're dangerous. I hope that they've learned their lesson. I hope they can be rehabilitated. But at the end of the day, when you're in the room with them, you need to be constantly aware of this. They've already killed somebody. Yeah. Maybe two people, maybe three. And so it's very difficult to attract people to go take those jobs at the pay rates and the hurdles and the problems that we have. So, you know, Paul and I are extremely pro-correctional officer. We want those officers and those families to have better jobs, better safety, better protection. But we're not about, let's turn Western Maryland and the Eastern Shore and Somerset County. Let's turn those places into where we dump all of these problems and see how it all shakes out.
0: Let me just switch directions just a bit and this is now your fifth legislative session Delegate Buckle, and this is your second second correct so here we are and I and I I I, this is my first session of covering from the from the journalistic side and I I keep hearing that this has been a really unique session there's been a lot of big pieces of legislation passed but also some some weird partisanship that's been happening um, of course the the, the the assisted suicide or death with dignity however you want to characterize that bill the st- the styrofoam ban um mm-hmm. What else? What else are some, the, the $15 uh, minimum 15, wage, sure. is that going to come was, out to be the, the biggest
2: That's the biggest impactful cat. thing, like, especially to our area. In, in well, our that's area, right. Uh, you know, Western Maryland, the Eastern Shore, basically any of the parts of the state where you are bordered by other jurisdictions that won't be held to the same, right. you know, uh, I would say constraints, so to speak. You know, we speak about you know competitive disadvantage or competitive advantages, and things of that nature, but the reality is, you know, where we live, where, where Jason lives in Allegheny County, where I am in Washington County, Jason even more so, he can walk, literally, to West Virginia from
1: from downtown from, Cumberland, from right. my office, from my law office, I can walk to West Virginia in less than five minutes. And, yeah, and you, you know, go across the right. yeah, across the And Ryan, yeah. You, know, you know where we are
2: in, in, in Washington County. You have I 81. Mm-hmm. You're five miles in one direction to Pennsylvania, <laughs> yeah. five miles another direction to Virginia. You West go across Virginia. the bridge from Williamsport sure, into West Virginia. And I mean, you go a few more miles down the road down near Virginia. So you've yeah. got three states. You've got three different right. jurisdictions yep. all around you that all have a significantly different. You know, wage, you know, you know, the argument as far as what should a wage be or shouldn't be, that's a totally different argument, you know, in, in my uh, sense here. Because what we're looking at, especially in, in Western Maryland, is is the competitiveness. You know, say what you want with the wage, should or shouldn't be, but the reality is we have jurisdictions around us that the wage is going to be about half, half of what is being proposed here now. How do we compete with that? How do, we, how do, how do our local industries, how do our businesses that want to come instead of shop, how do they compete with that when they could still be in the same, uh, logistical, you know, uh, area, right. you know, the, you know, again, eighty-one. You can yeah. be in, in West Virginia or Pennsylvania. You have access to the same workforce, the same, the same, the same transportation network.
0: Yeah, and and, you re- can sit there and, do that. and I remember the posts that you took some flack online, Marty. The Mart, yeah, sure. from the if you haven't been to the Martin's grocery store sure. and, and halfway, the now, see, in in Halfway, we're seeing Annapolis. They don't
1: know what that means.
0: Like, Martin's Mar- grocery, what is Martin's that? grocery store, like, yeah. Martin's grocery. That's is what that, is, have. Yeah. that is that so is our. Marty,
2: gr- Marty was fantastic, Ryan. You'll appreciate this. So Marty, <laughs> I was in the grocery store. In what a couple, is Marty? A by the ago. way, so Marty's a, Marty's a, a robot. A he, robot. He travels around the grocery store. He I looks explained
0: this to my grandfather the other day, who's ninety three. He used to go to get groceries, but now my mom does. And he's looking at my phone. He's like. What well, I don't what the hell is this? I don't understand. I said I'm going to take you. He goes, I don't really want to go over there to see a damn robot. Yeah.
2: So Marty travels around. He looks for spills. Apparently, he identifies the spills. He calls somebody. They come pick it up. And so, quite frankly, you know, I was in the store. You know, I go home on the weekends and saw him, and it kind of almost, uh, you know, out of fun, so to speak, took a picture with him and posted. <laughs> Didn't really expect the reaction that would have got. I mean, it ended up going, you know, my in world. my little world. Yeah, I mean, it was it reached thirty thousand people, <laughs> yeah. which you know was was higher than anything I've ever been even boosted it's before. It's the city yeah. <laughs> but, It really is. So, but quite frankly, what's even funnier is now when I go back into Martins, Marty comes up to me all the time. My wife is convinced they've programmed him. So <laughs> when I go in there, he is on my six immediately. <laughs> just,
1: just, just to help you. Yes, do your I walk. Shop, yeah, I walk into
2: the, like, the grocery store now, and I turn around, and Marty's like or me. So, but yeah, so. Again, granted that you know automation is going to come regardless. We understand that you know regardless of what a wage is or isn't going to be. There's going always to going to be hard automation. I, I mean that's going to
1: happen globally or regionally.
2: But when we're talking about, I mean, you know, just our area. I mean, you're familiar with Washington County. I mean, Procter and Gamble built the plant oh, yeah. in, in West Virginia, and Macy's built a district plant in West Virginia. West Virginia, and CSX invested all the money north of us in Pennsylvania, all in the same rail line. They could have done that just as well in Washington County. Well, they don't, you know, Mike. Yeah,
1: tax policy and economic policy makes more of a difference in Western Maryland and in some of the Eastern Shore communities that abut Delaware. Delaware, sure. More than anybody. And, and I honestly think, actually, it makes a big difference. Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County, they are prospering far, far more than Montgomery County. Over the last 15 years, you look at the, the very small number of new businesses and new jobs in Montgomery County over the last 5, eight, ten years... But you look at the, the tremendous growth. I went to college in Fairfax County, so, and my, my daughter. Yeah, you went to, to George Mason. I went to George Mason. Right. My daughter's graduated. She went to their undergrad. She's graduating from a master's there. Wow. month or too, and I, and I, you know, she still lives there on the Fairfax Loud Mine. I look at the tremendous growth there. I don't see that in Montgomery County. Montgomery County is a great county. It has a tremendous amount of natural advantages that are there, and it's it's a great place to live in a lot of ways, but they're falling behind their competitors. Their competitor is Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County. We're falling behind our competitors in terms of someone wants to put a building or a business into uh, western Pennsylvania, West Virginia, that northern neck of Virginia through Winchester. Winchester is better off right now than what Hagerstown is. It's better off than what Cumberland is. Well, When I was a little kid, Winchester was a hole in the ground that Cumberland and Hagerstown... Well, and speak Jordan to... I, I heard you talk
2: the other day about a community right near you in West Virginia. You said when you grew up, it was like half the size of what is it is now. Yeah, well, Mineral County, yeah. West Virginia.
0: Yeah, Mineral County.
2: Lakewood,
1: where Lakewood has developed all these houses, half the size of what we are now. And, and
0: probably, have, look, half the mortgage.
1: Half the mortgage. And, and, and it grows, and all of those people that live there... When you ask them, if you put a gun to their head, so where do you live? Right. Cumberland. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they believe, and that's mm-hmm. where their economic reality lies. But because of the policies that come out from our General Assembly, they move. Sure. They still they still operate in Maryland, but they don't live there anymore. Yeah, And that's a problem.
0: So big picture, Delegate Quarterman and Delegate Buckle, when you're down here in Annapolis, wh- what are the policy goals that you want to achieve on behalf of your district, starting with you, Delegate Quarterman.
2: Well, I think the biggest thing is, and Jason kind of hit on some of those before, is is you want to be able to, you know, articulate yourself in a way that you can, you know, bring the best things back for your community, not only just locally but for the state of Maryland as well. You know, policy-wise, you were talking about specific bills. Yes, we talked about the inmate release bill. You know, a couple of the bills like that. But at the end of the day, we're looking to be able to transcend and be able to bring things back to our community to help Western Maryland thrive and grow in the way that we deeply believe in. And, you know, working with folks down here, you know, compromising, negotiating, things of that nature, that, that all goes into it. So, you know, I think that's really what, what at least what I'm looking to do while we're down here. Well,
0: one, one issue I want to say is that sure. the, the Maryland Theater, mm-hmm. that's a big one. That Maryland is Theater's an economic huge. driver in the, in the city of Hagerstown. And, and you
2: talked about the governor, you know, recognizing Western Maryland. The governor's been very gracious to us, the city of Hagerstown. He's Barbara been here Ingram. Numerous times. Barbara Beringham. Matter of fact, the governor is going to be in Hagerstown next week. Is that right? uh, For the Maryland Film Festival, he's going to be attending there. Uh Um, so no, it's been tremendous. You know, as far as that project, and it's the largest revitalization project in the history of Hagerstown. It's a forty million dollar project. For the theater film
0: festival is pretty cool, my friend. I think Tracy Hobie puts that yes. on. Yes, I don't know if she's doing it this year. Yeah, I believe but,
2: she's still involved. In it. Yes. But
0: that's a that's a big deal. It Brings a lot of new people into yep. the yes, city. The of governor Hagerstown. will be there for
2: that, yeah. so that will be great, and he'll be able to see the progress of the theater. I don't know if you've been back lately. Have seen the theater recently? I, have, I mean, it's, it's it's I can't it's,
1: figure out where it is because I, I have a law office in yeah. downtown yeah. Hagerstown. Right on Washington it's, it's Street. It's right across Every the street from South. You know Twenty
2: Eight South. Old. I know you know Twenty Eight oh, South. I've met oh, you there yeah. before. Oh yeah. Met you at Twenty Eight South before. That's one of the best places. Fantastic. Yes. Jay Smeglstube for many years. Okay, yes. and, and you
0: have to. And if you're in Agartown, that's uh, another one.
2: Smeglstube's going a huge renovation, s- renovation right now. They're doing tier tier is doing where it's it. at. That is the best. Multi million dollar renovation. Barnon, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you another place that you got to check out is the Flying Camel. And in fact, we saw each other. That's downstairs from.
2: Yes, we ran in with you and your wife. My wife and I ran in there. Great
0: food, and it's a cool. Vibe and yep. it's a, it's a cool. unique place. And right. Cumberland, Cumberland has many of those places. And back to the original question, Delegate Buckle, what are, the, what are the policy goals that you've come down to achieve on behalf of your district?
1: I think it's to, uh, as Paul said, I think it's to improve and recognize that Western Maryland is a, a little bit of a unique jurisdiction within the state. Uh, we're trying to do things. We, we, we've been successful in prior years of increasing tax credits, plans, Incentives to try to bring business to our area. It's a it's a hard sell. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. In the House of Delegates, the Speaker of the House of Delegates until 2002 was from Cumberland.
0: Yeah, that that helped.
1: Well, it helped, but he didn't because, quite frankly, a lot of the ideas that he had. I don't know how to say this without being rude, but I'll just go ahead and say it. They weren't very good ideas. They were ideas about He's got his name on a building. and this. I don't know. He, was, he was a tremendous political actor. Oh, There's no yeah. question about that. But in terms of, let me put it this way. Cass Taylor had a lot more power than what I had and what I have now. If Cass Taylor would have said, I'm going to make Frostburg State, a which is in my jurisdiction, a 15,000 person university with a biotechnology and cybersecurity center. Do you think that would have been more productive long term for Allegheny County rather than I'm going to invest tens of millions of dollars into tourism projects that never bore fruit? Do you so have now the place that. if I would have had the power that, if I have the power today the cast tower had Allegheny County would turn around in 10-15 years. But no does
0: Western there. Maryland do they have the speaker's attention?
1: I don't think we have the Speaker's disattention. Do I think it's a high priority? No. But I think that uh, myself, Paul, Brett Wilson before him, other people who serve in our delegations, Wendell Bitesell, George Edwards on the Senate side, uh, Andy Serafini certainly on the Senate side, I think we have the respect of our Democratic colleagues who are from other parts of the state to recognize that when we tell them this is significant, they're at least going to try. Uh, In the district that I live, fracking was a significant issue, and and they banned fracking, and I I was concerned about that. Were you opposed to that, opposed to the ban of fracking? Absolutely, because Pennsylvania uses natural gas, uh, uh, frack frack gas, fracking. Did you fight the governor on that? Until until the last breath in my body.
0: Did you talk to him? I mean, sit down and say, hey, this is what we need.
1: I I never talked directly to the governor. I talked to some of these people. Um, And, and, you know, I understand. Everybody's reality is a little bit different, and I'm a very loyal person. I I love Larry Hogan. I think he's done a good job for the state of Maryland. I think he's been very productive for us. I think that's a decision that he made that was not really based upon the economic realities of western Maryland as opposed to the political realities of the state of Maryland, which that's that's his job. That's his decision. For I just Ross, want to mention that. that I just want to
0: mention that "Country Roads" was not was written in Montgomery County.
1: <laughs> That's true. It was written in Montgomery County. And it's and also it, a WVU song, so and, I hate it. it if, yeah, we're, we're from Maryland, right? We, we live right on the border. We're like, yeah, if WVU. we
0: had the choice between our state song now and one that was written by John Denver, I think I'd go with Denver.
1: If he would have written yes. this country Roads song and this was the song for the state of Maryland, I'd sing I think it. All we, day we, long. We'd be but all in i spent, spent too much time in Morgantown while rooting for the terms to, <laughs> to enjoy the song.
0: Yeah. Well, delegates, it's always a pleasure to talk to people from Western Maryland, yes. to talk to people who come down and fight, who just truly understand what it's like to be born, raised, and have grown up there and lived there. It's a great place. I encourage anybody you know, and
2: to... And I, Ryan, I appreciate you because I think that's yeah, one of the biggest things that, that, that I've respected with Jason coming down here is the same sense as... We're both from these communities. We're both born and raised from these communities we talked about at the beginning. always going to be home. And we both return there because it is home. Absolutely. Yep. And we want to do the best thing we can do to help our to homes. Better. Yeah, and, and
0: look, I'm, I'm living in Montgomery now, and, I, and I'm, I'm dead serious. I got a question for you. Yeah. Montgomery County. You don't yeah.
2: Montgomery County. Traffic, 270, mm-hmm. everything like that. The P3 that's been proposed, 270, 495. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because yeah. you hear the most pushback from, from Montgomery the Montgomery County delegation, the it Prince George's like, delegation. If you don't that's your thing. Traffic, I, I'm okay it, with that. I respect
1: my friends from Montgomery County, and I have a lot of them. If they don't want that, it's fine with me. It's no skin off of my nose, uh, as my grandmother used to say. But
0: As an objective observer, I have to tell you that I, I think that all options should be left on the table to mitigate traffic flow, as I am directly impacted. My wife, who, who we live... 12 miles from bethesda my wife works in the Epi, the epicenter of downtown bethesda and it takes her an hour to get sure. there and an hour to get back and that's an hour that's two hours a day that i don't that's get crazy. to see my wife that's crazy and and look and she uh you add
1: that up that's hundred and some hours a it's year a hundred yeah life. and oh, absolutely
0: and it's i mean look we, we spend a lot of time on the phone and we spend a lot of time griping about public transportation um And I just think that it cannot be limited to one or two solutions. It has to be an all-skate solution. You know what I mean? And and I think that um, if they don't want the traffic, then... Sure, there's the economic growth that could always take place up in Western Maryland. I
2: would, absolutely. I would love to bring hey, about 500,000 of those absolutely.
1: jobs into the Hagerstown and Frostburg quarter. Maybe 2,000 and, you know, maybe 68. Raise some property eight, values up there. Maybe sure. 68 will pick up well, I, a little bit, but well, that's I told,
0: okay. I told Kim, I said, look, we're, wherever we'll retire, I don't I don't know where that's going to be. It could be on the – she and I love the Eastern Shore. Sure. And, uh, or, I mean, my family still – all my immediate family are in Hagerstown or in Washington sure. County somewhere. So we spent a lot of time up there. My grandparents—they're, um, you know—they're going to be there to the last day. Um, and I have great faith that our communities in the western portions of the state—they're going to grow. They're oh, going to wow. grow, and absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, especially with downtown Hagerstown, downtown Cumberland. It's yeah, just such a place. remarkable place. So, and I know you have plans, yep. and I and I really appreciate the discussion. And get your colleagues from who don't typically make it up there take them up there and uh, get them to visit so absolutely. Good idea. gentlemen we only have a couple more weeks in and to, se- to session concludes on April the 8th so my uh my wishes are with you my best thoughts are with you and uh, keep at it so thank you, thanks bro. for doing the podcast absolutely
2: Ryan. all right great guys. Time. Bro, appreciate have it have a great all rest right. of your day thank you